Hello, fellow dog-powered sports enthusiasts. This is Chelsea Murray, and you are listening to Positively Dog-Powered, a podcast that dives deep into the real world of positive reinforcement training and dog-powered sports. Hey everyone, Chelsea back with another episode for you all. Today was a fun one because I got to sit down with junior musher Ian, who's only 10 years old and is super passionate about starting his career in this new sport. He'll be joined with his mother and his mentor as we talk a little bit about what his routine looks like, his responsibilities, and how you can help support your child in this sport or how you can help mentor an up-and-coming athlete. But before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to remind you all that there's a limited amount of time for you to grab your swag from our merchandise store. We're going to be switching some things around, so if you head over to our Bonfire account, which you can find a link for in our show notes, you'll find some gear that you can head out on the trail with your dogs. And if you see something you like, be sure to snag it now, because we're going to be switching things around and these items won't be available beyond May. If you've been enjoying our podcast, be sure to head over to your podcast platform of choice and leave us a review so we can connect with other dog-powered sports enthusiasts. And don't forget to follow our accounts on social media. We've got an Instagram and a Facebook page at Positively Dog Powered. And now, let's talk to Junior Musher Ian. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Positively Dog Powered. Today is a very fun episode. You might remember one of our guests, Cruz, she was back on a couple episodes ago where we talked about mentors and lessons from mentors. And today it's kind of a nice full circle because we've actually got one of her mentees joining us for a conversation about what it's like to be a junior musher and some of the things that he's got planned for him and his dogs. So Cruz, Ashley, and Ian, thank you so much for joining us today. We're glad to be here. So let's go ahead before we kind of dive into our topic today. I'd love for our podcast listeners to get to know you just a little bit. So if you guys don't mind giving yourselves a little introduction, Cruz, do you mind starting? Not at all. Um, I've been running dogs for 12 or 13 years now. Uh, Had Siberians for a little longer than that. And uh, mushing has become uh, my entire life, pretty much. I've got nine Siberians here. And uh, they go in a big bus and we hit the road and we hit races and go to Michigan and spend time at a property there and run and have a good time. And one thing about me, like I've been running dogs for about a year and a half and I've had Siberians for a good two or three years. Ever since I've gone to Denali National Park and Rome, rode some of the dogs up there. I've loved mushing ever since. And I am Ian Kaiser and I'm 10 years old. I'm Ashley Kaiser. Um, These days I'm better known as Ian's mom and I'm largely his transportation for being able to do um, his dog events. I love it. It takes a whole team. It really does, especially for our junior mushers. We need a lot of different people involved to make this happen. So Cruz and Ashley, we appreciate you being here today because you guys are part of that story as well. So Ian, you are running some sled dogs right now. Can you tell us a little bit more about what got you interested in sled dogs? What mainly got me interested in was whenever we went to the Iditarod headquarters in Denali National Park, Alaska. After we go to the gift shop, 
from shopping for a little bit, we went over to the dog area. They stuffed my arms with puppies and I loved every minute of it. Then they said, since he, I love these types of dogs so much, they said for us to go over to the little running area. We took a couple of laps with those dogs and I loved it. And that's what mainly got me interested. That's pretty cool. Now, did you have dogs at home already or did you guys get dogs after that? Before that, we had two dogs. One was named Mogwai and he was a Cur and Chalco. She was a Labrador. And since then, you've acquired some new dogs, right? Can you tell us a little bit about yep. the dogs that you run with? All right. So one of them was shipped down from Alaska. Well, two of them were shipped down from Alaska. One of them was named Falcon, and he's inside right now, just enjoying the indoor weather. And Pilgrim, he was Falcon's ride-along dog. Since Falcon has anxiety, they put Pilgrim on the plane, too, just to keep him a little bit more calmer and try to help him. And he did, and those two just were were the best dogs for me because they're semi-retired and they weren't full full running dogs and the musher was Mr. Dean the one that sold them to us he was gonna retire them anyway so then we thought take that opportunity to get some dogs that have had a lot of training and a lot of running on Iditarod then we had been going from there in Boto my Siberian husky he was my very first dog, and right now he is three years old. So you've got quite a nice little team there. Yeah. Ashley and, and Cruz, were you guys involved in kind of helping coordinate to get these new dogs to Ian's team? Future dogs, yes. We are, we are looking at dogs now, as a matter of fact, for the future. Okay. Yeah. Ashley, this was probably a little bit of an adjustment for you. Were you, were there any concerns that you had before kind of bringing these experienced sled dogs into your home? Absolutely. <laughs> um, we had a friend here in Tennessee who used to live in Alaska who found Pilgrim and Falcon and helped coordinate getting them shipped here. Um, definitely some concerns. I feel like we jumped in the deep end of a swimming pool, but um they've been great boys. They've been a great learning experience for us. I, I joke about how since Ian's decided mushing is the life for him, we've been, um, so far he's had pancake dogs. You know, the, the first pancake never comes out quite right. <laughs> we've been very fortunate to have some great dogs that have been patient with us as we're all learning. And now that we've kind of started learning a little bit more about what's going on and how to hook up dogs and handle them, um, Cruz has decided that Ian's ready for some real non-retired dogs. So now we're in the transition of, of starting to put together a real team for him. That's pretty exciting. So Cruz, as you're starting to help them find dogs, are there certain criteria that you're looking for Absolutely. in the dogs? Talk to us a little bit about that. You know, uh, we were talking about getting a pup and letting him socialize and raise a pup, but being there in Tennessee, I'm in Indiana, for me to help them harness break and that, the pup would have to come to me for a while. So a dog that's maybe two or three years old, that's already been running in a team for a couple of years, that has a good positive attitude, that obviously likes kids, 
um, that can get along with other dogs and has the good forward drive. So Ian can get on and not have to worry about a dog stopping and, and peeing on a tree or chasing a bunny rabbit, you know. So somebody who's going to be maybe not bomb proof, but close to it. Yeah, I can imagine that's pretty important for you, Ashley, as well, to make sure that Ian's got some dogs that have some skill level because you guys, in terms of being dog handlers and mushers, are still learning quite a bit. Absolutely. Um, so I come from the horse world, which I'm learning. There's surprisingly a lot of overlap here, and it really helps as well that Cruz has a background in horses, so she can help me uh, bridge the gap some. But um, I had a dressage trainer once who talked about <clears throat> the reason why it's so hard for a lot of riders to learn more advanced dressage work is because they're usually riding greener horses and trying to train a horse at the same time that they're trying to learn. And it's like they're going straight from middle school to college without getting high school in between. And she said, what's really great is when you can get a horse that already has the education and give you a chance to go to high school first. And I think that's kind of what Cruz is hoping to do with a dog for Ian, is let Ian get a high school education before he ships off to the university. That makes total sense. I, coming from the horse world as well, I know that when I was a kid growing up, I rode a lot of green horses and it's hard for you to master your craft as an athlete if you're also then having to train the dogs. And there's such a big learning curve there for training in general that I imagine having some dogs with a little bit of experience under their belt, not only makes it easier for Ian to learn, but also makes it safer for you guys to take the dogs out and go run. So Ian, talk to me a little bit about your dogs and what your responsibility looks like for them. Are you the one that's taking care of them and working with them on a regular basis? Yes, like I'm the main one that's taking care of them. And one of the main things to keep them up and going is just making that their area that they love to play in, making sure that's cleaning, that that's cleaned and mowed down so they don't trip into high grasses and hurt themselves. And also taking care of their paws because if they're running on a little bit of concrete and gravel and ice, you want to put a little bit of musher secret, a type of wax that you put on their paws. And there is also a lot of just loving on your dog, letting them know that they're a very good dog and let them know that they can do what they want to do, but not completely. Like letting them run as fast as they can whenever you're on a big, big race, whenever you need them to. And yeah, I'll get their porridge ready. First, we'll put the oats in there, pour the hot water in, stir it up, let those oats cook. Then we'll pour the meat in, stir that up, and then add a little bit of pumpkin in it so then it'll help their digestive system digest it and they love it we call it the puppy porridge that's awesome so you're in charge of helping make the food and helping give the food to them as well how do you manage all of that with school because you've still got school and I know you've got some extracurricular activities that you're involved in too what I mainly do is 90% of the time I'll wake up a little bit earlier than regular kids would and I'll just take care of my dogs. I'll feed them and water them, take them outside for a good couple of laps around the field. Can Real quick, can you tell them what you mean by taking them for laps around the field? Like I'll just, like we have a field and what I'll do is just, I'll, 
run them around the perimeter of our field and they love it. Like we have one area where there's like the pine trees and a hay bale where they like to use the bathroom area. That's really helpful. So I keep stopping at that one spot so I don't have to worry about them stopping on me and me keep on walking without realizing it while I'm just looking around at the sunset and all that kind of stuff and then I just stop there let them do their stuff and then I'll continue. Now I know that when we're learning how to take care of our dogs and how to exercise them there's some guidance that needs to happen. So Ashley coming from the equestrian side of things and kind of having that knowledge of fitness how much has that helped you then guide Ian taking care for the dogs? And how much are you kind of communicating with your mentors about how much exercise the dog needs and what their fitness plan should look like? So honestly, there's not as much of that that I feel as confident with even coming from the horse world. So we blow Mama Cruz's phone up a lot. Um, we ask her quite a few questions. Um, she's the one who guides us on how many miles is appropriate, especially in different weather. And if there's hills or not, if Ian's just, um, you know, doing can across and running them around the field at home or if they're pulling some weight. So we let her make all those decisions and she stays in close contact pretty much every day to to help guide us on what Ian needs to be working on. Now, from a mentor standpoint, Cruz, I imagine that their feedback on how the runs are going and how the dogs are feeling is really important for you to help then guide them on what those next steps might look like. Absolutely. Ashley and I probably talk every day. It's been wonderful because Ashley's become a, a dear friend through all of this and not just uh, mentoring her child. You know, she'll ask me about temperature and humidity and how many miles they think they can go pulling the rig they've got because it's a heavier training type rig, like a Risden type rig. Um, uh, feeding questions, uh, healthcare questions, you know, should we see the vet or can we handle this ourselves questions. Um, and it also helps that we've spent time together. They come up to Baldwin where I have property and uh, trained with me for a week. So I got to spend an entire week doing nothing but mentor Ian. And all we did was dogs. That was it. I sent them off fishing one night, but you know, th that, that was just for a nice change for a 10 year old and his dad. And it was fun. You had a good time up there with Cruz? Yep. Did you learn a lot? Yeah. It's probably nice for you, Ian, to have such a good relationship with Cruz because you don't have, you know, anything that you're looking for locally but you're still able to get that mentoring from Cruz, you know, on the phone and over video. And then when you get to go visit Cruz, when you're working with them on this fitness plan, do you have specific goals in mind for Ian? And does Ian have specific goals in terms of races that he wants to do? Yes. As a matter of fact, with the, the Alaskans he's got, because they are the, he, the Falcon is semi-retired. We just take it easy. Whatever Falcon feels comfortable with is what we do. So if Falcon wants to do a mile, fantastic. If Falcon wants to do two or three miles, even better. Ian has been up to one race so far, the Fort Custer race near Battle Creek, Michigan. Um, it's put on by the Mid-Union Sled Haulers. It's one of my favorites. It's an unsanctioned race, very family-friendly, new to mushing people friendly. Um, 
and he did absolutely phenomenal. He handled for me. He took care of his own dogs. He ran his dogs and uh, he'll come back and do it again in April. Yeah, and even though the Falcon had a little bit of a mess up, it was okay because he was nervous after not doing that in a little bit, but we still need to, we, and we have been working on it. Talk to me a little bit about um, the differences that you felt as a junior musher working your dogs at home versus being at a race environment. At a race environment, there's like a lot of people around you and so much more distractions than back here where there's hardly any people except for our neighbors and stuff. Every place is a new challenge and I love having those new challenges. Like up there at Fort Custer, there's always a tree sausage in the road or up a tree and Falcon always got stuck with it and kept his eyes on it for half an hour pretty much and wouldn't take his eyes off of it. A tree sausage is a squirrel, by the way. Thank you for the clarification. (laughs) Squirrels are very distracting. Was there anything before the race, Ian, that you did to prepare yourself or to prepare your dogs? What I did, what Miss Cruzan taught me is like, since I was borrowing her rig, what she taught me was if I absolutely need to stop and like untangle Falcon, what she taught me was since that cart is so light, tilt it over on its side so it's harder for the dog to pull it away from you and you can actually catch in time. And then you untangle your dog without having that much of a worry. Now, Ashley, was that the first race that you had been to as well? Not the first race we'd ever been to, but it was the first race of this type. Um, We went last year to the Pedigree Stage Stop race in Wyoming, which is a mid-distance race run in stages. And Ian got to participate in their junior program where a junior gets paired up with one of the competing mushers and in the ceremonial start, they get to ride in their sled. But this was an entirely different type of race because um, rather than just one race going on for an entire week, there were, um, I don't know, maybe 10 races going on in one day because there were different numbers of dogs riding in classes and there were juniors and adults and canicross and bikes. So definitely our first race like this. Do you feel like after seeing this type of race that it's easier for you to kind of visualize what the goals are for Ian and help him prepare for these kinds of events? 100%. Um, My only real regret, I guess, of how we have got into this is that it would have been really beneficial before we started all of this with Ian if we had taken the time to drive to this type of race before we had any dogs and just kind of get familiar with how this world works. Well, the good news is that Ian's still pretty young and there's going to be a lot of learning left to do. I, one thing I always say, even as a professional dog trainer in the industry, is that you have to be open to being a lifelong learner. And if you have that type of mindset and you're always ready to learn new things, then you're going to do great things. So I think the fact that you guys are where you are and he's 10, I think you guys are doing pretty good. So Ian, do you... Yes. Obviously, you've got a lot going on between school and the dogs and talking and coordinating with crews. What do you look for, for help-wise, from your parents with some of these sled dog sports? Do they help you connect the dogs and get get them hooked up and stuff for your runs? Yeah. 
they really do help me on that. But after we have, like, as we get the pull line ready, where you pull it, then it releases, and then you go off. Snub line, that has made it a lot easier, where I can hook them up, and then I can go untangle them, or do what I need to do, and then I can hop back on on pull it and tell some commands now how many dogs are you running when you take the rig out mostly two dogs but here and there we'll do four dogs with Batujan, pilgrim and falcon and, and do you have any any favorites do you prefer can across bike drawing the rig what is what's the most fun for you for me it really just depends like if I want to go for like a good run and the dogs want to go for a good run, but they don't want to pull that much weight. <clears throat> I'd like to prefer can across, but if I'm feeling like handling something and like having fun on some skis, I'd like to do skidoring. If it's another two, like if I just want to control a car and work it like that, then I prefer doing cart. Now, Ashley, as you're getting involved and helping Ian get involved in these sled dog sports, I imagine that you have some expectations of him as a parent, you know, helping, of course, helping guide him through this process and supporting him, but also having some expectations as you're bringing these dogs and additional finances into the home. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Um, so obviously finances are a big concern for any musher. Um, if you can't feed your dogs, you can't have dogs. So we're trying to teach Ian some fiscal responsibility early. He's done a little bit of fundraising. Um, over last summer, he made probably, I don't know, three or 400 jars of jam and jelly. 308. That he's been selling. Um, he also does quite a few chores at home for us. Um, his dog chores don't count. He has his daily chores that are just part of being part of the family and living here, mm -hmm. but then he has extra chores that he can do if he wants to earn chore money. So we have set him up with his own checking and saving account, and he's required to keep up with his bank ledger, which we help him with. And then at the end of the month, when a statement comes in, we get the highlighters out and sit down with him and we work on reconciling his statement to make sure that his numbers are all there. So that way, when it's time to go to the vet's office for, you know, regular checkups, he's able to pay his own bills. That's pretty incredible. That's a lot of responsibility for a young kid, but learning that early is sure going to help set him up for a really good future in life and in sled dogs for sure. Cruz, as a mentor, I imagine that you have some expectations of Ian as well. Of course, supporting him and making sure he's learning all he can. But what do you expect from Ian in terms of communication or care from his dogs? Um, I expect him to make sure that those dogs know that they are loved and connected to him first and foremost. That's the most important thing. I expect him to listen and do what I tell him, especially in certain dangerous situations like holding out my team, for example, a six or eight dog team. You cannot, for example, if I'm gonna take a haw you can't be standing next to the dogs when they go haw or they'll run you over. So I have to have him listen to me yeah. and he is a very good listener. Um, he asks good questions, thoughtful questions. And if he doesn't know something, he asks. And that is what I expect. And he's, he's 
he's exceeded my expectations. I imagine that all three of you communicating with one another and trying to coordinate trips up to visit or care for the dogs or runs for the dogs, maybe races. I imagine that there's still some challenges that you guys might face in terms of scheduling and communication. Is there anything that you've learned kind of along the way of what helps you guys in your relationship that might help another mentor and mentee? Probably to sit down with a calendar. So if, if the child's still in school, for example, sit down and actually map out when their vacation times are and how many days out of school they can take without being in trouble, the parent note days, and get together and, and spend that time, you know, uh, for, you know, they, they come up to see me in Baldwin, for example, um, and I get to have him there 24 seven to take care of him um, and teach him and he and watching him learn is is pretty wonderful. I think that's probably one of my biggest pieces of advice is get it mapped out ahead of time. So there's no surprises and no darn it, we can't make it situations. To build on that, one thing that we did that has been invaluable is um, as soon as we decided we were going to commit to this sport for Ian, we met with his principal and had a sit down meeting with her and explained that Ian's going to be different than, you know, the kids who were picking up soccer or football. And his sport requires that he be gone for several days at a time and that he has to be fully committed to this while he's gone. And his school has been incredibly supportive of this, um, not just when we travel, but you know, if there's a dog crisis at home, we, we had a health crisis with Pilgrim, um, his older Alaskan who was Falcon's ride along. And the school was just phenomenal about understanding that when I needed to pick Ian up in the middle of the morning with no warning but um, you know, they knew that this is part of our life. And so they understand that this is something that Ian has to fit school around, but we also make it a priority that we stay on top of his classwork and we try to get all his makeup work before we leave. So when there's downtime, he can stay ahead of his homework. And Mama Cruz is all about making sure that he is on top of his studies. Yep. I applaud all of you guys for making this commitment. I know, Ashley, that was a huge life shift for you guys to start thinking about this, especially because it's not like you guys came from a family of mushers or live in a very musher-friendly area. You live in the South, like I do, and sometimes it can be hard to find those connections and those relationships, but you guys have really you know, made that effort to make it work for Ian too, which I think is so fabulous. So Ian, as you're thinking about your sled dogs and thinking about your future, do you have any goals, any big things that you want to do within the next year or even further into the future? Well, one of my short-term goals is like to get in several, several training lessons with Miss Cruzlin and <clears throat> go to a lot of races and learn about like how to work all of the races there's some pooling competitions in IWPA and W3PO, which is W3PO is a worldwide weight pool association and IWPA is a international weight pool association where you have a type of harness with dogs. It's similar to a racing harness, but it has a bar in the back. So the dog doesn't, so it doesn't squeeze in on the dog as they're pulling that weight. 
So you want to pursue two sports with your dogs, right? Yes. Okay. Now, Ian, are you mostly interested in the sprint races or do you have any interest in any of the longer races? I've not tried both at the same time since I've really only been to one race. But what I've heard is I like more sprint races. Like, <clears throat> you like to go zoomy. Yeah. Yeah, he likes to go fast. So I'm hoping that this next year he'll be in the juniors uh, for the uh, for ISDRA and, uh, and be able to compete at a couple of races alongside me. Have we already had those discussions about marking those calendars and kind of taking a look at the next year or two to, to kind of map out some of these races? For training, pretty much when he's on break, he's mine. <laughs> yes. Now, as, as you're looking for the future as well, Ashley, I, I heard Ian talk about property. Do you guys have some property and land that he runs on? Or are you having to kind of um, facilitate travel to get them to trails to, to ride on? So kind of a combination. So we have a small farm here where we live. Um, again, I, I used to be a horse person before Ian converted our farm to um, an up and coming kennel. So we have my horse pasture that he can condition his dogs in. And what he typically does is he takes his hoverboard out so that he can go a little bit faster and keep up with the dogs. And he'll take them out on leash and try to get anywhere from two to five miles a day in to take them all out just to kind of jog them. If he's gonna run them with the four wheeler or with the mushing rig, we've got um, some great family friends that live um, driving it's uh, close to a quarter mile as the crow flies it's just on the back side of our property but they have quite a bit they've got 50 acres and they've allowed us to cut trails in there that we can use and we also go up to one of the state parks nearby our house where there's quite a few public roads that are really well manicured and that's a great opportunity for him to go up there especially with the four-wheeler and be able to run the dogs and condition them out on trails that are similar to what he'll see at Fort Custer. Absolutely. Now, Ashley, as you're looking kind of towards Ian's future in the sport and continuing to help him, are there any tips from a mother's standpoint that you would give other mothers out there whose kids are looking to get involved in the sport? I think it's all about finding the right mentor situation. I, I completely think that that is the key to making it all come together. Um, we've learned that everyone in the sport has been so kind and so generous and they all have great advice and the best intentions. Um, the key for us has been to find what's the right fit for Ian and Ian's a very sensitive kid. Um, and he is a kid and he needs somebody who can recognize that he's maybe not always going to make the best decisions on his own because, you know, we, we're definitely coming into this with a lot of ignorance. So we need somebody who can be patient with us since it's such a steep learning curve and constantly remind him dogs first. You know, if you just got done running dogs and you're thirsty, that's too bad. The dogs are thirsty. So they need their drink first. And someone you can get along with on a personal level who also understands that the kid does have school. So we can't just drop our life and, you know, take off to the upper peninsula and stay for six months straight to go train. You know, we, we do still have to live our lives and fit dogs around that. So Cruz has been an amazing addition to our family to help with that. And again, coming from the horse world, uh, my mom taught me that when you find a trainer and you hire a trainer, you better listen to the trainer 
So once you find that right fit, commit to listening to that mentor and don't second guess them. What about you, Cruz, coming from a mentor side of things? I know there's a lot of very experienced and qualified mushers out there who might be looking to take somebody under their wing. Is there anything that you've started to learn along this journey that you think might help another musher connect with a kid and, and really kind of make that mentorship something special? You know, depends on the age of the, the kids you're dealing with. But seriously, kids are the future and they are the future of our sport whether they have one dog or whether they have four dogs, they are just looking for the cool adult, basically, um, that is gonna take the time and talk to them on their level, like they're real human beings and, and show them the way because they have the joy in their heart to, to do this. They already want to do this. They're already passionate and they're full of energy. All you have to do is be there, seriously, just and guide. That's this is easy, and and it's it's I get more out of this than they do. I love too that with all of the technological advances, it's easy for us to com communicate and educate at a distance. You know, I think that when I first got started in sled dog sports, that was one of the hardest things for me was that there was nobody local. I live in Georgia; it is the southeast of the U.S., and there wasn't anybody. And so finding that assistance long distance can be very challenging, but now with all of our advances and phones we can pick up that are basically computers that we can connect with and, and do face chat, I think it's easier for people to be able to educate people and connect with people at a bigger distance. So hopefully, you know, this will inspire some others to find mentors long distance or for mentors to kind of put their arm out and be willing to help others. Absolutely. Now, Ian right? You're our junior musher. If another kid might be interested in getting involved in sled dog sports, do you have any tips that you would share with them? My main tip is dogs first. If you have no dogs, then you cannot run them. And dogs are very expensive, so take care of them. I think that's a great tip for anybody, not just a junior musher. Everybody in this sport, we get involved because we love dogs. And we've got to take care of them for their sake and for us to be able to spend this quality time with them doing the sport that we love. So I think that's great. Is there anything that we didn't talk about tonight that you guys would like to share? One thing you touched on um, was about the technology that's available now. And for us, that's definitely been a great asset to bridge the gap between Tennessee and Indiana, um, especially over Ian's school break over the Christmas holiday when he was able to get out and run his dogs, you know, three or four times a week. My job as the mama after we had his dogs hooked up was to either stand behind him or to ride ahead of him and film the entire time. And after his runs, I would send, you know, six videos, boom, 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 all to Cruz. And she would come back and be able to say, okay, Ian, he needs to be sure to be on the break when he says easy, because they need that connection that easy means slow down or, you know, Balto and Jenna are not pulling into their tugs, they're floating. And she had to explain what that meant for us, but you know, what we need to do to fix it. So it's, it's helped us to, um, not make as many bad habits as we could have out here on our own. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Video feedback is fabulous. And I imagine crews that that's essential for you to really dive in and see what's going on because as a novice coming into the sport, you might not even know what went wrong, but with video, you can then help them with that. Absolutely. I watch every single video and give feedback on it. And it's been wonderful. And it's, it's little things that uh, when I first started, it was trial by fire like you. And, uh, you know, you get tossed in the deep end and you have no idea what you're doing and you make all sorts of mistakes and mistakes are part of it. It's the learning curve. But this way I can do things like have Ian instead of say, ha, 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 over, 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 just say it once and then let them work. Wonderful. I'm glad you brought that up, Ashley, because I can imagine that video feedback for any mentor and mentee relationship will be really powerful, right? To help them really see what's going on and give feedback that's going to be valuable for them. Cruz, Ashley, Ian, thank you so much for joining us tonight. I think this is a really fun episode. I think it's so important for people to see the different facets of the sled dog sport world and to know that just because they might not be local to something does not mean that they don't have any options. So I hope that this will inspire some other junior mushers to find some good mentors and, and hopefully we'll some more people involved. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Well, thank you. Definitely. Thank you for having us. I'm so glad that we sat down for that chat to talk with Ian, Ashley, and Cruz about what that mentee-mentor relationship can look like. If you're not a child and you're not a junior, but you're looking for some assistance getting started, remember that virtual learning is always an option. I actually have an online introduction to dog-powered sports class that might be a good fit for you. We cover everything from harness fit to warm-ups and cool-downs and how to train directions like line-out, G, and haw, coming from a single-dog home and not having that team to help get you started. For more information about the introduction to Dog Powered Sports self-serve virtual class with Positive Futures Dog Training and Behavior, be sure to check out the show notes for a link. Happy training! So, until next time, have fun chasing tails on the trails.